0: there good people of uh, posing a matrix land how you doing um i'm coming to you after uh, a very interesting week (laughs) uh sorry we weren't there to do a show on monday i do apologize for that but it was unseen for circumstances that came up and and made it so um on brian's side his um his wife's service dog passed away a beloved member of the family a little um french bulldog named uh bijou so you know it's if you've ever lost a pet especially a dog maybe a cat i don't know um you know what it's like it's like losing almost like a family member you know especially if the dog's been with you for a long time so anyway uh so (laughs) where do i go from here um I guess I'll go back about a week ago. Um, last Thursday, let's see. Let me make sure I got the right day. All these days start f- falling into themselves. Yeah, we go. It's right. So this is Thursday still. So last Thursday, a week ago, I went in for a procedure at the doctor's office. Um, it was more of a oh, kind of akin to a surgical procedure. I had um, two... Uh, kidney stones up in my right kidney. And I figured I better get those things out before something happens. And, um, so I, you know, I went to the doctor, the urologist, you know, made all the plans and, and, uh, did all the prep work and everything. And I was in there early Thursday morning. My wife had to wait out in the car for four hours because of this stupid COVID thing, but anyway, um, so I came out, and I guess it took a little longer than usual. So um, my wife told me that the doctor had come out and told her that, um, see, what they did is they did a laser procedure to, to blast the stones. And the procedure itself went good. That part of it went good. But um, when they were trying to snake the, um, The, the uh, what do you call it, well, the fiber octaves and everything else up the ureter, I guess there was a couple of parts of my ureter that were kind of thinner than normal or more narrow, I should say, is probably a better word. So um, anyway, uh, the doctor felt that she might have nicked a couple of places of my ureter, <laughs> which is not a good thing. But um, anyway, so uh, they sent me home with um, with some medications and stuff like that, one to keep me from having bladder spasms. Another one to for my prostate and another one for something else. I can't remember. Oh, an antibiotic. Keflex, of all things. Anyway, giving me Keflex for such a thing is kind of like uh, giving um, a, a saline shot for, for COVID. Okay. Anyway, so I went home. It was Thursday night or Thursday afternoon felt pretty good, although i had I had the urge to go to the bathroom a lot and um, so I you know I was going and it was getting pretty extreme you know it was I had no warning whatsoever and um, so I went out and got a package of the pens because I didn't want to mess the house up you know and and found out I was going through those quite quickly. And later on in the evening, I started to get a fever, and the fever went all the way up to 103, and my wife said, well, we better get you into the emergency room, because that's what they said to do. Well, I called the advice nurse, and and no one was there, and I left a message, and nobody called back, and I said, okay, let's go. So we went up to, actually, we went down to Eugene, um, because it's a lot closer than Salem is, and I went to... um, Riverbend Hospital down there. Well, anyway, so they got me right in. I was really impressed with the way Riverbend handled things. I really was. You know, there was somebody to take, take my, uh, my vitals right away. There was a nurse that did triage right away. They got me into a room pretty quick, uh, you know, an emergency room and by about five o'clock in the morning, they had me admitted in a room on the eighth floor. (laughs) What a view that was folks. It was an eastward view on the eighth floor, looking up the McKenzie Valley towards the sisters, um, the, the three dormant volcanoes up there. And um, it was a really nice view. So I got to witness the sunrise over that. And that was nice. And all pine trees and everything were in pine cedar. And uh, it was just a really incredible looking. And, um, oh, anyway, I, I have to digress a little bit. Um, hold on. I got this, Troublesome catheter bag that likes to fall over all the time. Anyway, uh, I got to back up a little bit because in the afternoon around three o'clock, I went out. Uh, I looked on the, the my uh, phone and it said that a package had been delivered. And I've noticed that a lot with UPS. UPS has been messing up major a lot lately, you know, um, saying your package is there and then next thing you look, it says, no, it's, you know, it due to unforeseen circumstances your package might be coming late you know and um so anyway i went out there no package well i was looking around the side yard you know where they could leave it and uh my foot got tangled up in some power cords out there and i went face first into the concrete driveway (laughs) um which hurt a lot you can see i have i bit my lip right there it's still a little red. Okay, and I got a nice shiner, and my left knee looks like, uh, well, it's all purple. Let's just put it that way. And um, anyway, so let's see. Okay, so then we went, you know, I had the fever, and then we went to the emergency room down in Eugene, and um, so I got admitted, and uh, they stuck a catheter in me right away. And uh, that is not a good feeling when you're awake, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, it was tolerable, but not very. And um, so I was I was losing liquids like crazy uh, because I found out that I had a, um, a kidney infection and also that I had um, bacteria in my blood, so I was septic. And it was kind of touch and go for a little while there. They had to start me on Rocephin, which is a very powerful antibiotic, and, uh, they were hitting me with that, uh, once a day, uh, for about four or five days. And, um, the doctor down there was spectacular, excellent doctor. Can't remember his last name, but, um, anyway, so the nurses were spectacular too. You know, they really cared for you, you know, <laughs> like, wow, I might go here from now on instead of all the way up to Salem. Um, so anyway, um, uh, you know, I went in and out for about the first day with fevers and stuff. And that started to clear up and I felt better. Uh, you know, I, the output on the, uh, the catheter was still quite a bit. And, uh, they were pushing fluids on me like crazy, which, you know, you should do because you want to clean the kidneys out. And I was drinking a lot of water, a lot of ice water. And, um, the meals there, uh, they were okay. You know, considering they were free, I guess they're <laughs> it's pretty good, but, um, my favorite was the turkey with gravy with the mashed potatoes, but uh, no salt whatsoever and uh, very little taste. The turkey and the gravy had a good taste. That's about it. Anyway, I digress. Um, so uh, yesterday, which was uh, Wednesday, uh, the doctor came in and says, well, we're going to send you home today. Uh, we're going to give you one more IV of uh, Roceph and then we'll send you home. And, uh, then he gave me some prescriptions, excuse me, for, um, an abiotic and a couple of other things. And, uh, so my wife came down to pick me up and, uh, and drove me home and, uh, man. So today I had to go up and, uh, and see the doctor, the uh, urologist up in, in Salem and, uh, you know, gave me a pretty clean bill of health. Uh, next week I got to go get all this stuff taken out. The, uh, the catheter and the um, stent that they put up in there. So then they want to do it on a Thursday, just in case something happens, the doctors will be readily available. (laughs) So um, anyway, so, you know, that sounds like just one little instance, you know, and, and believe me, it was, it was pretty close from what the nurses told me, you know, and I'm thankful. thankful for the Lord for healing me. I'm thankful for the doctors for yielding to the, the um, the will of the Lord and, uh, you know, and the nurses, too, and um, and all the people actually that came up. And um, so, you know, like I said, it might seem like one of the listens but let's go back to 2017. OK. Now, this is partly my fault. Um, back in 2016, I was supposed to have a um, colonoscopy you know, the anal probing and, uh, I put it off and I shouldn't have done that because the next year, 2017, um, they did it and they found colon cancer and it was stage three C. Uh, the next stage is four, which means it's spread to other, um, other organs. Now, you know, I got a little baby fat on me and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, I'm a little ashamed of it, but at the same time, I, it's it's my moniker, you know, and uh, so the doctor was back then was complaining to my wife, oh, that fat in his stomach, it got in my way. That fat, You know, well, what she didn't say is that the cancer was growing into fat and fat has no, um, no blood vessels in it, veins or arteries, which really saved my life, because had it had it not been there, it probably would have attached onto another part of my intestines. And spread like crazy, so that isn't always bad, folks. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, leave it to me to find a, a reasonable uh, excuse for being a little overweight. So anyway, so that happened, and uh, you know, this this it's been four years now, and I'm still cancer free. Thank the Lord. And uh, so anyway, after that, I had a um, ungual hernia down by my, my navel, and I almost said belly button. That's so childish, but um, down by my navel, and uh, I figured I'd get it fixed, you know, so the same doctor that did the cancer surgery did the, the fix on the hernia, and it did pretty good, actually, um, until January of 2018. Uh, 2018 in January, um I had a bowel blockage and it was from adhesions from the surgery before. So my belly really swelled up and, and, uh, my intestine shut off and, uh, it was like the worst case of constipation in the history of mankind. But, um, so anyway, they went in, they had to go in again, cut my belly open again and, and, uh, fix, you know, cut away the adhesions and, and everything else. And, um, the I pretty well took care of that, although you know the again the nurses told me it was close, you know and um and I believed them because it felt close i mean i I was hallucinating and everything laying in bed. I had this one weird hallucination that I remember, and it might have been a vision, I don't know, but um I was watching television in the room, and all of a sudden all these numbers started coming up and flashing in front of me, and it was numbers in English and numbers in Chinese and numbers in in the Hebrew and, and everything else and just kept getting faster and faster and faster and it shut off. And I'm like, okay, that means something, Lord, when you're ready to reveal it to me, I'll listen, you know, and I um, still haven't heard anything about that, but um I'm I'm got my ears tuned to hear if he so desires to tell me. Um so that was another seven days in the hospital and uh work was not happy with me, but you know, what can they do? So Anyway, so let's see, then we're now we're gonna go. So the, the, the hernia operation I had prior was ruined because of this because my belly expanded so much it just broke that hole apart. So I had to hernia again. So I decided to go with a different doctor, a guy named Dr. Jakes, wonderful man, wonderful surgeon. He's retired now, and boy, I tell you the medical world has lost a good doctor when he retired. Um But anyway, uh, so I went to him and I said, look, I got to get this hernia fixed. What can we do? So he said, well, he says, you know, it's probably going to take more mesh than normal. And he says, but I can do it. And I said, "Okay, let's let's make it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. And uh, so I went into surgery. Dr. Jakes was kind of eccentric, (laughs) so to speak. I mean, when he came in to see me after I had my first surgery, he was making rounds and he came in to see me because he was part of the same surgery team. And he came in and he had long hair, right. And he had gold fingernails and I'm like, okay, you know, well, and I found out that he's into a lot of theor- theatrics in, around town, you know, around Salem and he had been in a play recently and that's why he had that. Um, anyway, a very unique and wonderful individual. <laughs> He'll always be in my heart until the day I die. So, um, Anyway, he did the surgery, and when I woke up, he told me that he had to use a four-by-eight piece of mesh in order to seal everything up, because I guess some of my muscles had degenerated a little bit, and um, they call it Swiss cheesing, I guess. You know, the muscles start getting little holes in them and stuff, so he fixed me up really good. Um, so that was that, Okay. So that takes care of 2017, 2018, 2019 and 20 were basically, well, 19 was spent going to the doctor for rechecks on the cancer and stuff like that. Um, 2020 is when um, COVID came along. And in January, my wife and I both caught it uh, on an airplane on the way back from Chicago. That was one of our layovers. And Chicago had been one of the places that had the first manifestations of COVID. COVID and it was at O'Hare Airport. And my wife and I, when we walked up to the gate there, we saw a lady laying on the stretcher with oxygen on, just oxygen. And uh, later on, they kept her on the gurney and wheeled her out of there. So I'm wondering maybe that's the lady that had the first case of COVID. Um, Leave it to me to be there when that happened, right? So (laughs) one of my phrases is, Murphy was an optimist. You know, (laughs) he was an optimist. Um, so that was 2020. And then after that, um, I returned to work upon which a time came when I fell down while walking and I, I fractured a rib. So that was quite painful for a while. And then in June, I caught COVID again, a uh, lesser case, probably cause I had the antibodies. But, um, after that. You know, I, I, I came down with what's called Covers long haulers. And I had that for the rest of 2020 and even into January of 2021 and work really didn't like that. Um, but there's nothing they could do. You know, I, I got paid for a lot of hours that I didn't work. I'll admit to that. But at the same time, they set everything up. So, okay. So that brings us into this, this year. And so, um, things started to get really crappy at work because work set up some really uh, draconian rules um, that people took advantage of, which meant that our census was way down where nurses were involved. and, And those of us that went to work were getting floated all over the hospital and none of us liked it. I had a note from my doctor saying that since I had the long haulers, I probably shouldn't be floated because of the more people I come into contact with more chance i had of catching covid i mean that makes sense right they tell you to stay in your house so you're not around people because you might catch covid but work decided that oh well you know there's there's no increased chance and so i battled with them till about may beginning of may or is it march yeah it was may and in may i um i just had a lot of the the um the long hauler stuff going on still. And I started to get a little depressed. And um, so I took some time off to recover from that, which brings me down to the end of May. And on June 1st, I retired. I figured I'm not going to let them put me through all that garbage at work that they're putting everybody else through. You know, I'm an older guy. I don't need to put up with that garbage. So um, I was vested and I retired. I don't get much of a retirement, if anything, you know, but, Um, at least I have peace of mind and it's quiet at home and Barbara and I are enjoying being with each other more than we were before. So now you might say, Oh, well, this is all coincidence, but you know, in 2017, we really started to ramp up the opposing the matrix show. Um, at that time we had uh, Jim and Eric on with me and, uh, (laughs) They were there for my my famous sleep episode when I uh, fell asleep during the show. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, but, you know, I'd just gotten out of surgery and, you know, the anesthesia was still in effect. So um, I tried. I really tried to do it, but I couldn't. Um, so anyway, that's when things started to ramp up. Jim and Eric were there. And then um, we started having more people on the show at that time. We started out uh, with a new format on Spreaker. And we were thinking about going to video and um, so myself, you know, and I've thought about this a lot because I don't like to blame things on the devil if they're not his fault, because a lot of the things that we do are our own fault. He might have talked us into it, but we still do it. and It's our own fault. Right. Um, so uh, but this time I've I've been kind of looking back in retrospect and seeing that, you know, this this is just a lot to happen in four years You know, I mean, within a two-year period, had four abdominal surgeries. You know, it's, um, but, uh, so anyway, I don't think it's coincidence. I think that, um, we're, we're pissing off Satan. He doesn't like it and he's taking it out on us. Um, like I said, Brian, you know, lost the, the, the dog and, um, you know, the whole time we've been on, Jim has had health problems, you know, and, um. And Eric had some issue going on. I can't remember what it was. But um, anyway, so I had a pastor a long time ago, uh, Tom Mooney down in uh, Sacramento, said that if you're serving the Lord, you've got a target painting on your back. And I've believed that for a long time, but this is just more proof that it's true. And hey, if you live in Sacramento, look out uh, last days harvest ministries and go check them out at church. He's, he's an awesome church. Um, you won't be sorry. Okay, I think he still meets in West Sacramento uh, down down the highway a little bit. Um, And, you know, you're there so you can look it up. But um, anyway, so I started thinking about now I'm not not on par with um, McAfee and other people, too. You know, those are guys that are really out in the spotlight. And when they say something, it really reverberates throughout the communities and um, so when they say something, you know, it, it immediately gets the attention of the deep state and the and the, and the spiritual forces behind the deep, deep state. So, but I do think that as we're we're gaining um, ground in broadcasting, that um, I need to pray more, and I need prayers from you folks because I don't like going through this stuff. I really don't. <laughs> And I'd I'd, I'd like to live a fairly long life. And, um, you know, it's all according to what Yahweh has planned for me, of course. But, um, yeah, it would just be nice to to live, uh, you know, longer than my father and grandfather did, you know. So anyway, um, I was looking around today. And, you know, now Epstein was was no saint, of course. But uh, I do think that he was not killed, that he's in hiding somewhere. They've hidden him out and he's. He's giving evidence about all these schmucks in the government that took advantage of his island deal and other things. But um, so in that in that sense, he he is doing a good thing. Uh, And then, you know, you have other people, too, that uh, have testified about things and are gone. You know, they've been Hillary, basically. Oh, man, I cracked or not cracked. I bruised a rib. When I fell the other day, so yeah, yet another thing, right? Um, so anyway, I, uh, I got to think that, you know, that, uh, we're pissing off some spiritual powers that, uh, that don't like what we're saying online and stuff. So, and, and seeing, you know, the, the physical weapons that they have, you know, um, we talked about the other day, uh, how they might've used a nuclear, uh, fusion, um, device to take down those, uh, those condos. And now they, um, they, they use it definitely to take down a world trade center and building number seven too. Um, and you know, so they have these tools, they have tools where they can, um, weapons that they, where they can, you know, mess with your mind and stuff like that. And, um, so, you know, I, I have no doubt that, You know, the things that have been happening are from the enemy. So I was looking on uh, Natural News today. It's really the first time I've gotten to get on uh, Natural News in about a week. Um, And I found something interesting. Let me uh, let me go there. Okay, there's an article on here. Inventor of MRNA technology fears he might be assassinated for blowing lid on Plandemic. I never knew that this happened. So this is interesting. Um, I'm going to read the article. Again, this is on naturalnews.com. And the person that wrote it is Ethan Huff. And uh, anyway, you can go there and check out this article. And there's there's a ton of other articles on there that are excellent, too. Um, It's probably one of the most informative sites I've, I've been to. So anyway, it says Natural News. After getting canceled by big tech for speaking out, about the dangers of the Wuhan coronavirus vaccination m r n a inventor Dr Robert Malone is now saying that he could get assassinated for telling the truth about the deadly shots now when it says inventor he's it's probably he probably invented the mechanism to make m r n a vaccines or to improved on it in some way. you know I think a lot of people were involved in that and um, but if he had the main idea then maybe it was but anyway. Um, I'll continue. A clinical scientist and researcher, Dr. Malone, has told his Twitter followers earlier this week that an experienced journalist warned him that his life was in danger because of what he has said publicly about the Fauci flu shots. So, oh, and this is a quote. So I hope that this is hyperbole uh, and overreaction. But last night, an experienced journalist Told me that I need to get security because I was at risk of being assassinated. Dr. Malone wrote, and again another quote: "I do not know how to even begin to think about this. I am just a middle-class person's uh, security." Several Dr. Malone's followers on Twitter told him that they would help support his getting private security detail should he need it. After all, Dr. Malone is a volunteer offering what he does of his good of his own goodwill without pay because he actually cares about the issue. Dr. Malone knows he's stepping on some pretty big toes, speaking out against the Chinese virus injections, which he knows are multi-million dollar cash cows um, that is also contributing to the depopulation goals of the elite. Another subtitle, no COVID vaccines are safe or effective. (coughs) Excuse me. Seeing as health a number of other scientists and researchers looking into the Fauci flu scams were murdered last year for sharing similar information. Uh, Dr. Malone recognized that he too could face a similar fate. One of my concerns are that the government is not being transparent with us about those what those risks are, Dr. Malone told Fox News host Tucker Carlson doing a recent interview. And so I am of, of the opinion that people have the right to decide whether to accept vaccines or not, especially since those are experimental vaccines. Dr. Malone went on to explain it. He has an ethical obligation to share what he knows, even if doing so creates tremendous obstacles for big pharma profit and, um, and death machine. This is a fundamental right having to do with clinical research ethics, he added. And so my concern is that I know that there are risks but we don't have access to data, and the data haven't uh, been captured rigorously enough so that we can accurately assess the risks. And therefore, I don't, we don't really have the information that we need to make a reasonable decision. Uh, because Dr. Malone helped spearhead the development of mRNA in the first place, uh, Chinese virus injections became the, fir- became the first time this experimental technology has ever been used. He is a reputable source of information about their dangers. The vaccine industry knows this, which is why it is desperately trying to silence him from steering the herd away from participating in a deep state Wuhan flu injection ritual. I love the way they word things. Um, Dr. Marlo, oh, excuse me, Marlon, Malone needs our prayers for his protection and safety. This guy is not joking, wrote one commenter in Info, at Infowars. other health professionals have risked their lives and careers knowing how bad the monkey pee really is Uh, Mad Dog Biden doesn't care and will have feds hold down their prey on his canvassing project to make his paymasters happy quote the bastards are pushing the poison making billions of dollars while they eliminate any threat to the money warned another and they want Population reduction, the man should be very careful. A reporter sadly will, will probably be proven correct. The latest news about the Chinese virus ty- uh, injection tyranny can be found at, and there's a website there. But um, so anyway, and there was a thing online the other day that says people are afraid to speak out against Fauci because, uh, you know, he's in charge of uh, giving out all the money to fund these doctors. And if they say something negative about the virus, he's going to cut off their funding. So I don't know. Anyway. Well, folks, I didn't intend to be on here very long. And I, it appears I haven't been. I just wanted to tell you what's been going on, what happened and um, and all the other good stuff. So anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. That way, now you know why we weren't on Monday. <clears throat> And uh, that we will be back on, on uh, the following Monday, which will be the 26th of July. <coughs> Excuse me. So, folks, um, thank you for, for tuning in and watching and maybe downloading and sharing this video or the audio of it, if you're listening on Spreak or Podbean. And, um, well, be blessed, folks, okay? Stay strong um and staying strong in the power of his might and um just know that anything the enemy throws against us god's there yahweh's there to to protect us from it or to bring us back after it tried to take us out um i'm maybe a one centillion of un- understand what job went through <laughs> but um anyway i'm just going to press on and keep going here um you know A better life awaits me in heaven, uh, if that should be the deal. But um, anyway, so, hey, if you get a chance, go to Patreon and and visit our Patreon site. And uh, if God puts it in your heart to donate, please do so. Um, I'm retired now, so I'm not making what I made before. And affording some of this stuff isn't the easiest thing to do. So, And, you know, the Lord wants it done, so he's going to provide too. So anyway... With that having been said, I wish you all a very happy weekend. That you're all blessed uh, beyond all imagination. And that um, we'll find you here again on Monday night. And with that, live long and prosper. Shalom Aleichem. Good night.